Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Morning, y'all. How we doing? You don't sound too good. Um, I'm proud of you that you braved the elements. Was it because of the Louis Zamperini story? Did, and how many of you thought of him during the week at least once? Nice. Then you're, that's right. If you, if you were at a Hill House, obviously the conversation came up about the book and his story. Uh, if you weren't here last week, we uh, talked about Unbroken, the book, and more so the book than the movie that was out. But I highly recommend, and it was cool during the week, I had people contact me and say, hey, I just started reading the book, and can't be any happier than that. I mean, especially since the movie wasn't too great. Uh, and if you did see the movie and you liked it, please read the book. It, it's much better. Loved it at school, and I did an extra credit with my kids, and some of the kids there are like, they read the book. And I'm like, wasn't the end part really cool? It was nice as like a, you know, in a public high school to really talk about the end part of the story about his conversion, and there's redemption and forgiveness. Pretty neat. Well, here we are. My, how many of you were here for my one word last year? All right, Pastor Joe was talking about it. This is really a process. Uh, it's not something that I was hoping that you came. You may have been thinking about it, ruminating on, you know, if you were here last year, what your word was going to be this year. But I know that a lot of people in here this morning, you don't know what we're talking about. So I'm going to backtrack. And by the end, I have, I'm tweaking this a little bit from last year. We're going to do something at the end that I think is going to be really neat or moving forward into the future with my one word. And this is something that we want to build into the life of the church. I'm a tradition guy in some ways, and I think traditions in the church are a good thing. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's just pray before we get into it. Lord, Lord, I thank you for this message. Father, I thank you for the heart of this message. May it warm our hearts. May it uh, make us come more fully alive. May it give us focus and clarity to the 2015 year. Lord, even though it's a new calendar year, we know it doesn't just automatically mean that we're new people and that we're going to be changed. Help us to see, Father, we're not looking at behavior modification. We're looking at transformation of the heart. Lord, I ask that there would be a renovation of the hearts in this place in 2015 as we focus and as we clarify and we realize what you are speaking to us, that it would come to fruition. It would come to pass. I thank you, Father. Do something in us today. Amen. Well, as I always, as I like to do and uh, at the outset of the year, doing some research this week. You can hold on to this, by the way. You all receive one of these, my one word. Uh, at the outset of the year, I like to look at every year. I, I get into the whole resolution thing. Anybody, like, can I just throw it out there? Anybody, you set some New Year's resolutions this year? You want to be honest? You, you set a couple? See some hands went up. Why are the rest of you afraid? There have to be more than four or five. There you go. Have to be more than four or five people in here that set resolutions. Was that kind of like preacher asks question setting you up for something? Yeah. Well, it was funny even this morning when I was very early. I, I love some of my best thinkings at the gym. I know it's kind of weird. It's kind of strange, but I'm strange and weird. So they kind of go together. And I'm there and it was like I'm, I'm looking around and the gym is right next door to a, a, a bagel shop. And usually it like doesn't affect me. Usually I don't even, the smell is not like emanating, I'm wafting across. It came into the gym this morning. 
I'm gluten-free, right? I wanted to break through the wall and grab one of those bagels. Oh my gosh, they smelled so good. The gluten, man, I miss it. All right, well, I thought I would give you, these are the top resolutions for 2015. Here they are. Here's the list. Not a shocker. Number one, lose weight. Okay? Number two, get out of debt. Number three, enjoy life more. Number four, spend more time with friends and family. And then number five, there you go, break a bad habit. Anybody that's something that's on your list, you're thinking about that. Yeah, all right, you're meditating on this. You're trying to figure out, trying to ascertain, how am I going to change this in my life in 2015? Well, how are we doing at these resolutions that you see up here? Guess what? They haven't changed in the past 50 years. They haven't changed. Come on, they really haven't. little research for you. 90 million Americans make resolutions. 90 million. How are we doing at these? Well, um, what did I see? 70% of Americans are overweight, even if that number is a little off. Uh, The average American carries on average, your family carries on average 8,000 in credit card debt. Okay, we're doing well on that one. How about number three? Um, On the top 10 list of prescription drugs that are used in America, these are ones that hit the list. Drugs for anxiety, depression, pain management, and heart issues. Wow. How about us spending, and then my favorite, how about us spending more time with friends and family? Have you ever been in a room where you were all together, but none of you were together? Right? Your family? Now, as one of your pastors in here, it's incumbent upon me to model for the church, right? To model proper behavior, the way that we're supposed to act. No, listen, I, listen, I know sometimes it's hard because you think, oh gosh, he's perfect. His family is really perfect. This is normally what it's like. And like, like a Sunday night is I'm prepping for school. This is what it looks like in the Lecce household. <laughs> Megan takes a picture a few weeks ago, real picture. I had no idea that she was doing this. Like father, like son, I'm on my laptop and there's Jameson on his little laptop sitting there. All three of us were in the same room together. She's on her phone. None of us are talking to each other. I know, none of you can relate to that, right? Well, how about the last one? Well, even as it's tethered to that one, I guess. The average American, this is mind-boggling, will spend six hours a day on, you know, personal, with personal screen time. How about your screenagers? On average, some of you get it, on average, 13 hours a day, 13 hours a day with the phones, right, and what have you, the computers, all the stuff that we're on. I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? Some of you are like, man, I'm pushing 16, 17. I'm well above that. Well, that's great if you're well above average. We don't want you to be, but maybe you are. Well, we know that resolutions simply don't work, and th- th- these are some of the numbers, Uh, 50% fail within the first 30 days, 50%, half, uh, 95% of people that make resolutions will completely crash and burn after 90 days, after 90 days, done. You forgot about it. How many, we've all done that. We've made a resolution in the past and you said, I'm going to follow this every single day of the year. You're like, I'm going to read the Bible every day of the year. And then you got to Leviticus and you stopped. You were shut down. You couldn't make it. Amen on that, right? You tried it before. You can't make it past Leviticus. It's tough. When are we doing a series in here on Leviticus? 
You looking forward to that? You going to come if I do a series on that? Wow, okay. Well, the bottom line is the ball keeps dropping in New York, in New York City every single year. And the fact remains that we keep dropping the ball on these resolutions. We're excited, right? You can feel it. It's palpable on January 1st. But it's now January 11th, and it kind of dissipates. And we're left with, man, as I, as I prayed earlier, I keep thinking about it all year. I feel like when we look at the newness of life, a new year that is stretched out before us, we really do kind of think that I'm going to be a different person at the end of 2015 than I was in 2014. Yes, circumstances may change us a little bit, but unless we are a intentional, focused people, we will be the same exact people as we move from one year to the next. And this is something that we want to deal with. We need some clarity on who we want to be. And, and why do resolutions really fail? Let's, I mean, some of them are, are very, uh, very vague. I want to be in better shape. I want to be in better shape. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Better than, what, like, than you were last year? Better than you were two years ago? Better than the person over here or the person over there? Kind of vague. Not specific enough. I want to spend less. Spend less than what? Than you spent the year before? What have you? So sometimes we can be really vague. Now, I actually did a little research on some of the famous people out there and their resolutions. You want to see a couple? You want to see a couple? Now, let's, God bless them, right? I don't know these people personally, but I, I spent way too much time researching celebrity. These are the things like the I don't know, the inane, stultifying things sometimes we preachers do. Tom and I will always, like, commiserate and talk about this. Well, here are a couple. These are real, all right? These are real. All right, here's the first one, all right? Carmelo Anthony, New York Knicks. I hope for 2015 to be better than 2014. That's it. It's been a banner. But let me, let me say this. Let me uh, interject this. It's been a banner year for New York sports. Um, the Jets, great season. Giants, great season. Yanks, Mets. I, when's the last time we had all New York teams? None of them made the playoffs. Not one team made the playoffs. This guy is on a team. 2015 is going to be worse than 2014. They are on a record. They're setting records right now with games lost. So, Mello, I, I like this one. Pray, brother. Pray that by the end of the year. I don't know. How about this one? Ryan Seacrest, the guy that's on the, right, he's on TV. You saw him on New Year's Eve, right? This is really, I'm going to try to find my dog Ginger, a soulmate. You know what? I was thinking about it. You know, the pastors have um, a dog, and it's a male. His name is Harry. He's a little crazy, though. You got to meet this guy. He's nuts. He's clinically insane. Ginger, would, we don't know Ginger, but she wouldn't like him. And I've got to find one for myself. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for playing. We have parting gifts for you. And then number three, how about this? You know, Shania Twain, the country singer, right? Stop eating carbs. All right, Shania. Okay, go on. That's it. Stop eating carbs. Right? This is, this is what we see. I mean, go, you do your own. Go home tonight and type in celebrity 2015 resolutions. Go look. Some of them are just silly. We are coming in here this morning. We want to be a people that are focused. And I think we want to major on the majors as, as Christians, as Christ followers, as disciples. And I even saw, I saw this one on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook, 
Some of you are like, you really? You were on Facebook? Well, I just came across it. This is from a mother. I don't know who this person is. Right? And, and these aren't bad, but they need focus. Ready? She wants to be a better mom. Is that a bad thing? No. I think every mother in here, well, you'd want to be a better mom. Find a good job. Move closer to family and friends. Save money. Be a better friend. Take a vacation. Keep up on housework. Make more dinners at home. Make more time for me. More family time with the kids. Be honest 100% of the time, no matter who I'm talking to. Smile at the low moments. Attend church again and make myself happier. My prescription for this person is you need a vacation from your problems. Okay? I mean, you saw What About Bob, right? Dr. What? This is, I mean, all wonderful things. But again, this list, there's just too many things. We need vision for our lives. And it's time, if you've never heard this before, it's time for us to start ditching our resolutions for one word. That's what it's time for in this place. That's what our hearts are craving for. We're craving for a year. We're craving for transformation. Isn't that innate in everybody? Doesn't everybody want to be transformed? Isn't that why the famous people of the world, they're no different, even if they're atheists or agnostic, if they're Buddhist, it doesn't matter who you are. You want to be a different person at the end of this year than you were last year. It's the, it's the inescapable, Dallas Willard says, it's the inescapable human problem with no human solution. It's an inescapable problem. We all have it. We all are looking to change. But it's the method by which we find change. And we, again, have to be a single-minded people. How many of you are familiar with the uh, scientist from the 19th century, um, Louis uh, Agassiz? Did you ever hear the name? Louis Agassiz. Okay. A lot of science people in here. Um, I never heard of him before either. I read this story and thought it was kind of neat. 19th century scientist from Harvard University. And really neat, this experiment. I've kind of adapted this a little bit in my sociology classroom. This is what he did with his students. They would come in and he would give them a preserved fish, a dead fish. And he would say to them, all right, you have to sit down and make observations about this fish. Right? So they would look at it. Was somebody laughing at that? Okay, that wasn't meant to be funny. If it is, all right. So they would write down observations, right? They'd write them down, and he would leave on purpose, and then the students would be like, all right, where's the professor? And then eventually he'd come back, and they would say, Professor Agassiz, we're done. And he'd look at them and say, you're not done. You missed it. Like kind of with like a smirk on his face. Nah, you're not there. You missed it. You have to start over again. Start over again? We looked. It's a fish. We made our observations. Are you kidding me? We've already looked at this. You want us to do it again? Yes. Look at it again. So they would look at it again, and they'd be done. They'd write down some more observations, and then they'd go to the professor. Professor, we're done. Nope, you're not done. You still missed it. Do it again. He would do this for a week. A week. They would constantly have to look at the fish. We've seen everything. No, no, no. He's like, you don't see it. You see, he was teaching them in an invaluable lesson that what is needed is intense focus. Focus. This is what I'm looking for from my one word. I read this story and I I pulled it. I said, you know what? This is something, this is what we need. That kind of dedication, that kind of commitment, that kind of focus with 2015, where we look at the year and say, you know what? I don't want to be scattered. I don't want to have a million things that I need to change. If you're somebody in here and you say, you have no idea when you make your list, what I'm going to tell you at the end, and you say, there are 20 things that I want to change. Listen, you're going to pick one. We'll have patience with you on the other 19 this year you're picking one 
thing that God is going to be speaking to your heart about. One thing, a singular thing to be focused on. And this word is going to be a lens by which you look at everything. As the businessman Howard Hendricks once said, the secret to concentration is elimination. Elimination. That we're eliminating things. We're we're honing in on what God is speaking to in our lives. Dallas Willard says it so well. The normal pace and structure of our lives is not likely to lead us towards spiritual transformation. You should write that one down. Are you kidding? Do we forget this? I forget this all the time. Did you hear what he's saying? How we live our daily lives, our normal in and out daily lives. And some of you can say, you know, it's January. By the way, you're close to this week. It's the most depressing social scientist. It's the most depressing day of the year. I think it's Thursday, right? You're almost there. You're past the holidays. This time of the year can be kind of depressing. We will be the same people. Listen to me. We will be the same people in 2016 as we are now if we go through our lives and do the same old thing. Same old thing. We get up and do the same old thing. If we're not people that are intentional, if we don't have vision and we're not intentional and we don't find a means to make this happen, spiritual transformation, don't expect you to be any different than you, than you are or were last year. We look at our marriage. You may say, you know what? I need to work on my marriage. Don't we all? I mean, don't we all want a better marriage? But if we're not willing to be intentional and lay certain things out, like, for example, on my fridge at home, and I put it up, my lovely wife found an article. What is it, babe? The seven, what was it? The seven, the seven traits of a healthy marriage. If you, it was actually amazing. It was really good. I love it. When Megan will send me like an email, she's like, Jill, text me. Did you really read it? She wants to like test me. Did you really read that article? What was the fifth point? Whatever, you know, but stuff like that. If we're not people that are really intentional, how are we expecting things in our lives to change? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen by osmosis. I feel like sometimes like, you know, when you're in your car and you're on cruise control, you put it on cruise control. I feel like that's how some of us are living our lives. I feel like we're on cruise control and we're just riding down the highway and everything is good and the temperature in the car feels good, but nothing is really changing. We need to kind of get a little messy. You remember what my sister said to you last week, sliding into the the end of this year a little dirty? That's what this is going to be. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a focused understanding. Focus is required here. And I'm saying this because why not do something about one thing in 2015 than nothing about everything? Let me say it again. Why not do something about one thing in 2015 than nothing about everything? That woman that made that resolution that I read to you before. Wonderful. But all of these things, a plethora of things that she wants to be. Incredible. Good stuff. But let's focus on one thing this year. City on a Hill Community Church. One thing. Focus is required for one thing. C.S. Lewis said it this way. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed but increased. Let's major on the majors here. You've heard the illustration. Pastor Linda did it this past year with the rocks. Let's put the big rocks in. And one of the big rocks for us as a church in 2015 is for us to pick one word. To pick one thing, a lens, it's not magic like, oh, like it's, you know, you picked your word and your life is going to change. No, it's a lens by which you look at everything in life. It's a lens. 
You look at a telescope. You look through a telescope. You look into the stars. You see the planets. And I don't know what planets you can see right now better than others, but you get the idea. It's a lens by which we can see things in our lives. I love what it says here in Proverbs. This is a one, and this is a passage you've probably read a thousand times, but let's really, let's break it down. Let's, let me expound on this. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. You may know that as the people, what? The people perish. And reading a lot of um, commentaries on this passage, it provides a lot of insight, I think, this verse into the frantic pace of our lives. You see what this means here when it's unrestrained, it's talking about anything kind of goes, anything goes. It's whatever you want to do, you go ahead and do it. You are totally unrestrained. You go out there, you want to do this, go do it. You want to do that, go do it. It actually means scattered. We think sometimes the opposite of vision, right? We think the opposite of vision is what? You can't see? No, the opposite of vision is that you are scattered and you are all over the place. May 2015 be the year, if you feel like you're scattered, that you find a singular vision, that you find real vision, that you really experience heart transformation. Again, we're not talking about behavior. This is not behavior modification. And I love, I have unrestrained there, your Bible may say, where the people, there's no vision, the people what? The people perish. That doesn't mean the people actually die. What it means is the people where there is no revelation, the people are running wild. You see this? The people are running wild. That's, that's what Solomon is saying here. Where there is no vision, the people are out there and they're running and doing whatever the heck they want. It is a ship that is, that is setting its course and it's supposed to pull into a harbor, but it has no compass. It doesn't know where it's going. It's like throwing me into, onto a boat and saying, get from point A to point B. The last thing you want is me guiding your boat. I'm going to wreck that thing, right? That's what this means though. That's what he's basically saying. You don't know where you're going. It's also a picture of, another commentator talked about it, it's a picture of a soldier. It's a picture of a soldier that would go into battle unprotected. Would anybody want to go into a battle and you're fighting somebody, you're fighting a force, you, would you want to fight with no armor on? It's saying, you know what? I don't need the armor. I can go into the battle all by myself. Peeling the armor off. I ask you, Friends at City on a Hill Community Church, how many of you came into the new year and you're putting on your spiritual armor? Come on, really. How many of us realize you, again, we say it all the time, you walked into 2015 in a war. You may not have felt it. Oh, but trust me, you are in one and you better put on the helmet of salvation. You better put the, the, the uh, belt of truth on. You better shod your feet with peace and put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith. And you better pick up the sword of the spirit this year. Otherwise, you're going to be the same person that you were in 2014. Welcome to the battle. And you know what? For many of us, we walked into 2015. You walked in here naked and you don't have your armor on. And I'm here to tell you as one of your pastors, it's time to leave this place, put your armor on, get a singular focus, pick a word and say, you know what, God, I can't make this happen. I can't will it to happen, but I'm going to set myself up so that you can change me from the inside out because I know transformation and renovation of the heart is possible. It's a process. It's a process. Vision is a necessary component 
of life. Not just, listen, it's not just for the business world. Hey, you're in the business world. And they talk, you need to have vision. You can't be myopic. You have to, what are our goals for the whole year? That's wonderful. We as a people need to have vision for our lives. And I love what it says here. Another passage that you know very well. The Apostle Paul talking in Romans 12. This is from the Message Bible. NAS was New American Standard, if you're wondering what that translation was. This is what he says. Eugene Peterson puts it in the vernacular of our day. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in it without even thinking. And this is a, instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. I, I read this probably a couple of times a week. This passage in the Message Bible, I love it. I meditate on this. Can I say something too? And I, who do I want to give credit to? I think this a reading this week, I think it's Lou Giglio. How many of you know Lou Giglio? He's a great, great teacher, wonderful teacher. He has a book, and in one of his books, he talks about reading the Bible like, like one word. Like, why do we have to go so fast? Why can't we just stop? Me, I am such a driven person. Part of what my word's going to be, I'll tell you my unique word, my word for the 2015. But why can't we just slow down? Sometimes I mean, I'm like, stop. I have to, I'm, I'm talking to myself, stop relax, enjoy this. Why do you have to get so far ahead? What if God just wants you to read two words for a week, two words for a month? What if he wants you to meditate just on one word in, in, in the Bible? Why do we have these rules in place that we have to get so far and read whatever, X amount of words or a couple of chapters, a couple of books? No. We need to be a people that realize transformation can change. He wants to change us from the inside out. I love that. And we can't forget, it's like, a, you know what I think of it as too? As we, we cook a lot in our house, we use a crock pot. Any of you crock pot a lot? Our culture, right, is we're all about the microwave. How, which, by the way, it destroys your food. It breaks down your, it's breaking down your food. It has a deleterious effect on you when you do that. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> crock pot. A crock pot is a slow process by which you cook something. And it's, right, you taste something and it tastes so succulent and the juices are there. You microwave something and it tastes dry. That's what you get. That's what you deserve when you use the microwave. Not me, I use my crock pot. Oh, this is so good. It's a process. I want you to think along the lines this year, it's not an overnight thing. Again, it's hard. We live in a world, you live in a culture, we want instantaneous results. We want instant gratification. Sorry, that doesn't happen with spiritual transformation. It's a slow process. We're forever under construction. Ruth Graham, the uh, wife of Billy Graham, I've said this before years ago. I just thought of it, I love it, on her tombstone, what did it say? Construction finally finished. Like for her whole life, right? She was under construction. How good is that? doesn't matter who you are, where you are, you are always under construction. 2015 is no different, but you have a plan this year. Uh. You have a real plan to see this happen. Now, can we talk, this is like one of the more practical messages, a different kind of message. Like last week was, this one's a little different too. It's, I'm making this very practical. Can we walk through the process of picking our one word? Can I walk you through it for the rest of the sermon? 
Okay. Number one, step number one. Stay with me now. Steps to picking your one word. We're also going to load, I'll have this PowerPoint loaded online. If you want to look at it, peruse it at your own leisure during the week, it'll be there for you. Step number one, prepare your heart. Shut out the noise. So easy to do. I'm being facetious, right? Is it easy to shut out the noise of the world? I don't have my, can I have my phone for a second? You know what I realized on my phone? Thanks. You know what I realized on my phone? There were two buttons. I have an iPhone. There were two buttons I never really knew existed. Watch, I want you all to watch this. Can you all see? Ready? One, two, three. It didn't work. Oh, there it is. The phone, tur- I, tur- I-, I know what the power button is on my phone now. I know how to turn the phone off. I didn't know that before. I thought when you buy an iPhone, they never turn off and the battery lasts forever because Apple wants you to keep using it. No, no, text as many people as you can. Read all of your emails. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You're on the hamster wheel. Keep going. It's true. How about turning the power button off? How about being, being really present with other people this year? And we'll get to that. But how about being present with God and yourself? Oh, I'm the, I'm the king of running around. The king, right? If there was going to be a crown awarded to somebody, I can run around with the best of them and not stop. Megan's like, are you going to sit down for two? No, no, I have things to do. There's always something to do. When are you gonna, there's always something to do in your mind and your mind never stops. It's true. Something for me. That's me, my own life. Some of you are going, yeah, I get it. I'm the same way. Well, we need to prepare our hearts. Uh, Henry Nowen, let me show you, this is good. Henry Nowen says this, and I'll go back to step two. He says, our inner life is like a banana tree filled with monkeys jumping up and down. It is not easy to sit in solitude and trust that God will speak. It's not the truth. Did you ever feel that way? You sat down? You're going to find that this year. Listen to me. You're going to find when you sit down after you leave this service at some point during the week. Did you hear what I said? You're going to find when you sit down. Not if you sit down. You're going to sit down at some point this week. And you're going to do this. I hope you do it. I I pray you do it. You're going to do this. When you sit down, you're going to feel like that. If you haven't, I don't know what world you live in. Happens to me all the time. That monkey, stop. Get rid of that monkey. Jumping up and down. All the thoughts. Everything that happened during the day. Even if it's the morning. Things I have to do. I have my to-do list. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. I have to do that. We need to get still. There is so much noise in this world. One of the hardest things for us is to get still and quiet before God. And God doesn't worry. You know when Elijah is on the mountain, right? He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the fire. He's in the still, small voice. God still speaks that way today. God wants us to be still and know that I am God. We can't know he's God sometimes with all of the noise that is competing and clamoring for his attention. And we wonder why. How come? God's not speaking to me. Maybe God's trying to speak to us. It's just that we don't hear well. Step number two. I underline this. I got this from the, now this whole concept. I didn't come up with this concept. I read a book on accident two years ago. My one word, the title, and the author, Mike Ashcraft, put this one in. I said, this is really, I like this. He said, you should write down what kind of person you hope to become by the end of the year. It's really neat. A list of of attributes or character. What kind of person do you want to become by the end of the year? It'll help us from that point, winnowing it down and coming up with our uh, our one word. You don't, how do I say, you don't choose a word, you discover a word. Let's put it that way. You discover something. 
God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will speak to you, and it becomes a journey. It becomes an adventure, kind of like Lord of the Rings. An adventure where you find something, you work together, and you discover it. Lord of the Rings was a joke. You don't like, some of you don't like Lord of the Rings, right? I don't see many fans in here. Did you see The Hobbit? Now that was a good movie. That was a good movie. We'll have a sermon on that one. Do you want a sermon on that one day? You want me to sermonize that? I'll bring it. I'll preach for two hours on Lord of the Rings. We'll, oh yeah, we'll find God in Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, yep, we'll find him. Yep. Where was I? <laughs> All right, next step. So that's one, two. Again, trying to be really practical with this. If you've never heard this before, and I changed things a little bit from, from last year. Uh, step number three, edit and reduce your list to five to ten words. No need to rush. This is a process. I can't emphasize that enough. Through prayer and finding time to step out of traffic. Step out of traffic. Relates to what we talked about in an earlier, earlier step. Step out of traffic and trust that God will lead you to your one word for 2015. Where people, God is still looking for a people of faith. He's still looking for people that will have faith and believe that he can lead us. Sometimes we don't really know. You feel like I can't really see that well. Trust that he knows where you are. He knows your address and he knows where he's going to take you in 2015. All right, and then here we go. Step number one, once you have picked your one word, write it down. Keep it constantly before you. Screensaver, car dashboard, desk at work, etc. I haven't set mine up yet, but I'm going to set it up on my, my uh, screensaver at school. I mean, my, my laptop. People are like, what's that? What's the deal with that word? It you know, can create some conversation. Dashboard, I want it constantly before me. This is something in the Old Testament they did. I was thinking about this, like boundary markers. And here's a passage this is one I thought of, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Does anybody know? You're a good Bible student. You know the Torah. Anybody know what this is called? This is the most famous central prayer, Judaism. Every Jewish child, this is the first prayer that they would be taught. Does anybody know what it's called? The Shema. The Shema. And this is, this is, I mean, this is an incredible prayer, but here's what I want to look at. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. There's so much to this that I could teach on. Maybe one day I'd probably bore some of you. And then these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them, look at this, diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Did you read that last part? They literally would do this as reminders. We constantly forget things. Anybody, you put reminders in your phone? Come on, how many of you? I have to remind myself all the time of things. I text myself during the day. Does anybody else? You text yourself. I love it when I, come on. I I, I never thought I would share this with other humans. When I'm in my car and if I'm thinking of something, I get a thought and I don't, I can't get to notes and I'm just like me. So I'm going to like text me, right? So I'll write it out. And then what an idiot I am. I'll look at the phone right after I send the message because I hear it go off. Like it's somebody sent me a message. It's you. You, you did it. Nobody else is sending you a message. It happens all the time. Pray for me. It's unbelievable. It's, 
you can't make it up. If you live with me, like you get to see like pieces of me. Some of you know me a little better than others when I was young, but if you got to live with me and saw some of the strange, like just weird things that I, I don't know. All right. Um, so, and then if you fast forward to this, I promise I'm almost done. If you fast forward to this, you even look at like Joshua, go to like, where is it? Joshua 4. And I didn't put the passage up, but another passage I was thinking about as they cross the Jordan River at, you know, it's, it's flood stage and they go across and they're going to go into the promised land, right? They've been in the desert forever. What are they then to do? God is instructing Joshua to the to 12 tribes and one person from each tribe was to take a stone and that stone taken from the river Jordan was to be taken out and it was to be put as a a monument, a reminder, something to remember. That's what my one word is. It should be everywhere we are because we are a forgetful people. I'm a teacher in a school. I'll teach something tomorrow. I'm teaching the Gilded Age. I'll talk about John D. Rockefeller tomorrow. And I guarantee you on Tuesday, kids, what? What What was that again? What did you say? All of us, we are a forgetful people. We need things in front of us all the time. Don't you crave simplicity in life? You know why I love this, why I was so drawn to this? Because it's so simple. We complicate things. And the seven steps to a healthy marriage. Oh, wait, like the seven, like whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like eight steps, this, that. Why can't we just simplify things? That's why I love this message, my one word, because it makes things so easy. Why did I deliver this message on January 11th? Why didn't I deliver it two weeks ago? Last week I delivered Unbroken because it it was fresher in your mind given the movie when it was released. Uh, But because it's kind of like, maybe you want to start on February 1st. You know why? Because if you start on February 1st, you kind of have like that 30-day, like, you know, guarantee that you could change your word. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to, I started, you're like, I don't really like that word. I want to change it. That's fine. That's up to you. You can change it. So I'm thinking that that's when we're really going to start. And here's one of the most important things, too. It's more than a, prom- it's more than a promise. You know, what the, you know what a problem is in Christianity? And this is so prevalent. It, stay with me. If you're sleeping, wake up. This is a good part to wake up. What is so prevalent in Christianity is we say, I'm, I, I swear I am never going to do that again. I am going to stop smoking this year. I am not going to watch pornography this year. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Right? That's what we do. That's what people do. They swear to them, I'm never, ever going to do that behavior again. The problem with that is you have two things that can happen. You can succeed or you can fail. And the problem is many times what happens, we fail. That's, we're talking about behavior modification. That's not what this is. We're looking for, for transformation, transformation of the heart, re, a renovation of the heart. And that happens when we become a focused people and we say, you know what? This is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Was anybody perfect with their word last year? Because I certainly wasn't. My word was breathe. And there were too many moments last year where I was still Going too fast, the pace of my life, and not slowing down. I mean, it's like, but it doesn't, hey, listen, I'm under construction. That's the beautiful thing. I'm under construction just like you are. The year is not over. So my one word, how, what, what would a sermon be on my one word if I didn't give you my one word, right? It's funny, too. I was talking to uh, Suzanne Haas during the week, and I said, I texted her at work. I'm like, what's your... Uh, 
what, what's, what's your one word for me? And I'll give you my one word for you. And I was talking to Megan about it too. A couple of people wanted to see. That's a cool thing to do to see what other people think about you, what you think about other people. Maybe, maybe this week you should actually sit down, carve out some time with a loved one, a good friend, and have them come up with a word for you. He didn't talk about that in the book, but I thought it would be a decent idea. And you come up with a cool word for them and you can talk about it. So she says to her daughter, her oldest daughter, Brooke, she says, uh, what do you think um, would be a good word for me? Talking about me, right? So Brooke says, Mom, I think nails, because he always picks his nails. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? How astute of this child that she was watching me and knew that, right? But I, did, I actually picked, and I won't t- but I picked a couple of words for her, and she had a list of four, right, four words, and I had two of her four words. I'm a pastor, right? I'm supposed to know these things. Don't ask. Listen, don't send me an email or a text message and say, can you pick some words? I'm not picking. This is between you and God, right? You have to sit down and try to figure this out. Yeah, you're going to talk to loved ones about it. And, uh, and so on. Here is a, a, from his uh, myoneword.org. I did put that in there. Wow, I'm shot. Myoneword.org. Here are some other words that he, uh, uh, peace, patience, persevere, abide, courage, I mean, and, and so on. And what I like about that site, too, is, <clears throat> excuse me, you can actually see every day people from all over the country, they post their words. They're there. Now, I would be remiss if I left you and didn't tell you two things. One is this. Talking to Joanne last night, you know what we're going to do? This is neat. This is why I'm, I'm psyched out of my mind about my one word in 2015. I, I don't have the creative ability to do this. But Joanne and some of the staff, they're going to make almost like a collage. When you pick your words, they're going to be up in the church for everyone to see. I just got goosebumps. They're going to be up for everyone to see for the entire 2015 year. That every time you walk in this building, just like I told you with the Shema and, and, and putting, the, putting reminders on the doorpost and what have you, that we are going to be a people that are going to set reminders for ourselves. A stone, a, a boundary marker. Hey, listen, this is the lens through which I'm seeing this entire year, whatever the word is, that we're going to see it every single time we walk in this place giving you two weeks for this. You have homework, yes. You came to church, you braved the elements. Louis Zampretti would be proud of you. You braved the elements. You came here this morning, you have homework as you leave. Your job, your task is to leave this place and pick your one word. I'm not, don't, listen, if you walk out of here and you picked it this morning, you didn't spend enough time. You didn't. It should take you a little while to meditate, think, reflect on the past year. And then I said to you, I had two things. This is the final one. I want to give you a story in closing. And how I think we as a community can't do this without each other. You with me? Can't do this without each other. In his book, Who's Got Your Back? Isn't that a great title for a book? Who's Got Your Back? Author Keith Ferrazzi said, It's because we too often go it alone when trying to change that we fail. Consider the story of Gene Neidich. Anybody know the name Gene Neidich? All right, don't say it out loud if you do. Jean Neidich, as a young girl in elementary school and in high school, was quite obese. And she struggled and struggled. Her waistline was growing. She was very upset about that. Tried diet after diet, different diet pills. Nothing really worked. She's an adult now. At the age of 38 years old, she lives in New York City. And she sees that the New York City Department of Health 
is sponsoring a, a diet. So she says, all right, I'm going to go there. I'm going to try this diet. She goes there. In a few weeks, she loses 20 pounds. 20 pounds. Pretty impressive. But she says after 10 weeks, she lost all motivation. All motivation. She said, I plateaued. I was stagnant. I, I wasn't losing more weight, even though I needed to. I wanted to. I couldn't do it. I tried to get some of my friends. I tried to have them come to the city where I was in Manhattan, but many of them wouldn't trek in. This is the 19, early 1960s. They wouldn't come and trek in. So she said, you know what? I realized at that moment I would never make it if I didn't have the support of other people. So she decided to. She went to them. And she would go to women's homes and, and other women would come from that immediate area and she would talk about this diet plan and then it would go on. It got bigger and bigger. She had to rent out a facility. She eventually incorporated. And then in 1963, she started what you may now know as Weight Watchers. All because she realized, I can't do it on my own. I need other people. I need to be part of a community. There's no way I'm going to lose this weight. I'm here to tell you this morning, 2015 won't be different for you if you don't get be, be part of a community of people that are helping keeping you in check. Will you do that in 2015? Will you do that? Because you won't make it if you're isolated and you're trying to do it on your own. God has given us the church each other. I hope we take full advantage of that. And as we come to the table this morning, as we close out this meeting, I ask simply that as you look, just look my one word for 2015, I ask that you would pray that you would reflect on the message you've just heard about this topic and that when you're done and after you've reflected, when you leave here or you're talking amongst each other, why not talk about your one word? Why start it? Hey, listen, the Knicks are terrible. You can talk about the Knicks. Saying, I'm being serious. What do you want to talk about? Politics or tragedies in the world? Let's talk about something that has real meaning for your e eternal existence. That 2015 can actually be different than 2014. Let's, let's talk about what really matters. Let's major on the majors. Let's first, the big rocks in first. When you leave here, when this service ends, why can't we talk? Don't come up to me and talk about just silly stuff. Let's talk. Let's get real. Let's get real with each other. These are the things I'm going through. This is what I'm thinking. This is what God's talking to me about. And then as you leave here, it continues. It's a process. Lord, Lord, I ask that everyone in here would undertake this journey. Lord, it's like I just have that picture of, of going up a mountain, whether it's Mount Everest or, or K2. Oh, how, how hard and difficult it is. It's arduous when there's oxygen deprivation and you go up and you don't think that you can really make it anymore, but you're part of an expedition and there are other people that are, that are helping you and they're inspiring you and they're comforting you. Oh, that's the picture for 2015 as we make our way up the mountain together. And it doesn't mean we're going to stumble and storms may come. The storms of life may try to take us out. Oh, no, no, no. But we will keep running this race. We will keep continuing to fight the good fight of faith. We will stay in this race and the enemy will not be able to take us out. He's going to try to take us out of the race. But Lord, I pray by your spirit that everyone stays in. Lord, I pray by your spirit that you would invade every heart. Lord, I pray by your spirit you would give us clarity. Lord, I pray by your spirit you'd give us 
us real purpose for this year. Lord, I pray that you give us real passion this year. Lord, passion for you. As David said, Lord, I desire one thing, one thing to know you, you above all. Lord, I pray that we pick our one word, but everything is filtered through that, that we would want to know you more. Oh, Lord, may we love you deeper. May we have a new revelation of who you are in our lives. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, in in leading this life. Oh, Father, we only get one life. May we take full advantage of it. May we have no regrets when we look back. May we say at the end of this year, 2015, it was a great year. And I slid in and I was dirty and I was tired. But you know what? You were with me every step of the way. And I grew into the knowledge of you. Thank you for your relationship that you've given us. There is no one greater. And you call us friends. We'll help your friends, Lord. We need you more than we've ever needed you before. Change us from the inside out. Transform us. Have your way. Don't leave us the same at the end of the year. Amen. Ushers. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.